Driving while awesome podcast radio hour. <laughs> oh God. Yo. Do you guys know what a fluffer is? GTO. Mellow grinds. Oh, I got a PT Cruiser. It's a convertible. It's really cool. Oh, this smells of crayons for you. <laughs> hey, YOLO. You only have one life. Do you have coilovers? No, beat it. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good podcast right there. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, I screwed it up. <laughs> Welcome to Driving While Awesome. My name is Lane. Uh, and I'm Austin. Austin Cabot. Austin, it's actually Austin Cabois. Oh, really? Yeah, it's French now. Wow, I've known you for this long. I know. I had no idea. I know. We, we class this it up a little bit. time. Class it up. So Austin is uh, famously part of... Famously unfamous. <laughs> yeah. He's part of uh, Grid Life. Grid Life, Speed Ventures, Sliptune, Track Dangle podcast. Wait, what? Yeah, it's <laughs> all, the, all the stuff. So yeah, he's part of... Uh, Slip Angle Podcast, which you might have listened to if you're into motorsports. I'm sure we have some crossover there, right? There's, yeah, there's a little bit. I'm yeah, sure. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure, dude. <laughs> totally. For all your track-based and amateur wheel-to-wheel mm-hmm. racing needs. You and Adam Jabay, and then you've been kind of like retired from the podcast scene, I guess? Yeah, like I'm just not as much into cars anymore. Uh-huh. I don't know why. Well, I, I do know why, but like... I don't, you don't really. I don't. Like, it's just one of those things. You don't that, have like a full reason behind that. Not really. Just like waning interest. Yeah. Wow, that's a big word for me, waning. I know. I don't even know what that means. I have to go look it up or something. <laughs> Wait, pardon me. Uh, I'll be back in a minute. Uh, yeah, it must be. That's kind of a weird thing, just to all of a sudden be not into cars. But you're still into, you're still working with cars. Yeah, weekly, I'm still around cars all the time. And you're into motorcycles. So, yeah, like motorcycles are my new cars. So it's not. That's not that weird. I guess not. Like, I'm still, it's not like I'm just, like, not a gearhead. Yeah, it'd be weird if all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I'm just totally into fashion right now. Yeah. Like, I just like to wear, like, really cute clothes. (laughs) I have a stylist. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) James Kirkham model. What's really hard for me, though, is, like, as a self-proclaimed car guy for the first 30 years of my life, Uh it's almost like an identity crisis. It really is. And, like, I'll still have a conversation with people about cars and, like, geek out about cars when I see them. Yeah. But, like, if you look at my Google... No, you don't want to look at my Google search history. But, anyways, most of it, it's not It's not Incognito, cars dude. It's not cars anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's all about that Google Chrome, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. Incognito it's, tabs. So, you're... Uh... So it's all motorcycles. It's motorcycles and cars and like... Wait, you said it's not cars. Sorry, motorcycles and RVs. (laughs) It's not cars. Motorcycles and RVs. Or like when I was looking at buying a car, it went back to cars, but they're like Mm -hmm. super practical cars that like most car guys wouldn't really like. It's like like a normal car. Like you're looking at... uh, Like TDIs and stuff. Yeah, golf wagons and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So or something like super practical. I looked at like super shitty trucks, like Mm -hmm. Mighty Maxes and stuff like that for a while. Well, do you think part of it is that, no, because you told me you moved and now you have space. Yeah, I definitely have space. But before you didn't have space. No, I didn't have space so at all. Like, you'd you were... have to be street parked. Like yeah. that ambulance that I used to have, uh-huh. that was street parked. So uh, you ro- rocked an ambulance and you were doing like some camping stuff in it. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually, yeah, we, we kind of tried it out for van life. You know, growing up in the Southeast out like in Atlanta, the weather was just horrible. So just camping and stuff. You had like two weeks in the spring and two weeks in the fall. Other than that, you just don't want to be outside. It just gets disgusting. Yeah. So we bought the ambulance and started using it so much that we decided to sell it and buy like a legit RV. Well, originally you were saying how you were not going to have a house and you were just going to live in the ambulance. That was the plan. And then my wife got a promotion. Uh Uh-huh. 
and she really wanted to take it. So and she realized she liked living and in a she's house. She's totally the breadwinner. Uh-huh. So no, we still want to live in she the likes RV. Showers too. We still we can take a shower in the well, RV, in not the, in the van. In the van you couldn't. couldn't. Yeah. No, but the RV. If you've never traveled in an RV, it's one of the best things ever. I've never done it. I like, know. Have you ever taken a shit in your own car while going down the road? No, I thought you're not supposed to take a shit in them because that's bad or something. You can. It's fine. You, you just, just have, have to, to like, flush it out. Yeah. So How does that process go down? It's super easy. There's like two valves. You treat the tank before, uh-huh. like when you empty it, you treat it with some stuff. Yeah. And then you let it all accumulate and then you dump it. Okay. It's really not that bad. It's not a dirty job. Not really. You're not standing there like in your like shooters full and out there. Spraying. No, like if you if you follow the prescribed uh, method to do uh-huh. everything, you know, you have to do the black tank first, which is all like the shit tank. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then you do the gray tank. Does it smell when you do all this? Kind of, but like no more than like a porta potty would, because you've treated okay. the tank with essentially like porta potty, porta potty type treatment. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, yeah, we put like 15,000 miles on that thing. And I bought what it what is it? Tell everyone. So we bought a 2011 Mercedes Sprinter-based RV. So it started as a Mercedes cabin chassis with a 3-liter V6 turbo diesel. Winnebago or what's the company? Yeah, it's actually... So there's a company called Atasca, which is owned by I've Winnebago. I've heard of that, yeah. Yeah, which is owned by Winnebago. So for all intents and purposes, it is built by Winnebago Industries. And it's 2011? Yeah, it's a 2011. Oh, so it's pretty... Not when, that old. No, huh? and when I bought it, it had 164,000 miles on it. Whoa. Yeah. And now it has, what, 170, almost 179? Has it been reliable? Yeah, it's been super reliable. Runs great. Anything go wrong or anything? No. No? No, everything's been just fine. Wait, what Knock motor is wood. it? It's a diesel? Yeah, it's a Mercedes 3 liter V6 diesel. Yeah. Wow. So it, it works great. I've towed like a couple light things with it. Uh, the guy I bought it from was actually, a, well, he's a car guy. His name's Andy Hollis. Um, he's a racer, right? Yeah, he or, does all the yeah. tire testing for grassroots motorsports. Oh, cool. So, but... You know, he he did well in life, retired early, and so they traveled in it a lot. He used to tow his McLaren around with it um, occasionally, and Didn't his, he just his buy- Miata. And... and he replaced this one with a brand new one, yeah, right? Yeah, brand new one, same make, model, floor plan, everything. Really? Yeah. It, so is it a high top, medium top, low oh, top? Oh, it's a high top. It's high like top. 11 and a half feet tall, uh-huh. which is one of the reasons I can't pull in my backyard because we have some power lines that go in front of the uh... house that are 11 feet. Uh, so that's yeah i mean if i had somebody stand up there and mm-hmm. like or even with a long pole yeah that could raise the power lines it'd fit in the backyard i'd have to take the hinges off the gate and i have two inches on each side yeah but it totally fit back there so those power lines aren't like they're not super live or i mean they're live but they're you can, live you i could probably, i could get the power company to move like them. cinch them up yeah yeah i could get the power company to move them for sure I mean, it sounds worth it you're paying the it's like to almost two fifty a month to store the thing, dude. I would do a lot of things to not have to spend that two fifty. Yeah, a month. the the other thing is too when you have a vehicle like that though, and it's in your backyard in plain sight. When it's not there, people know that you're gone, so uh, they can kind of target us a little I bit. I guess. But yeah. What do you have? Nothing. A couple couple yeah, cheap so motorcycles. Who cares? Man. A couple cheap motorcycles, and that's it. Yeah. You yeah. Renters insurance. It's not like I have a nine four four in the garage. That like is super desirable. If you had nine forty four. You better. Oh, dude, it'd be gone. Lock that, it'd be gone. Lock that garage. I know. You live in a sketchy neighborhood. So, <laughs> um, well, so how much did you did you do okay on the ambulance or was that? Yeah. Like so a, I I paid seventy nine hundred dollars for the ambulance, put close to twelve thousand miles on it, mm-hmm. replaced the vacuum pump on it. And really, that's it. And changed the oil once. And I sold it for $8,500 in less than 24 hours. Really? Yeah, it was a very, very specific buyer. So the guy's actually on Instagram. Um, it's at Rove Away From Home. Uh-huh. And he's like stripped it all out, 
and put windows in it and started converting it out. Well, what did really you nice have now. in it? What was what... I left it just as like ambulance build out. Really? So ambulance build out, and then I kind of I took some porch cushions off of our our porch, uh -huh. and they I found out they fit perfect between the wall and the bench, and it was long enough for a bed. So like literally like didn't do anything. I was living in an apartment at the time. I didn't yeah. have anywhere to work. On. Yeah, but you didn't. So you didn't do any kind of build out. But this guy's totally done. Yeah, it up. he's like completely gutted. Drove it. away from home. Yeah, dude. How many? Like it must be hard as an Instagram traveler, like van lifer. There's only so many names, right? Yeah. So, and it's always a name like that. Yeah, it's always like, like something away from home or like yeah. vagabond travelers yeah. or yeah. Like I had uh, some friends of mine, they took a, over a year and it's a couple and they're two kids and they just like went and traveled and theirs was drifting off course. Ah, it's actually a pretty good one. Yeah, it is pretty good, right? Yeah. Yeah. So And uh, yeah, they did like um van life thing in canada and then they did traveling all southern south america and they went nice. to australia and europe in a van the, it or wasn't all traveling. van it okay. was travel a lot of traveling but they did buy a van or something i forget what it was now in canada and they did that section of it no they bought a toyota sequoia oh those are the guys you had them on the show yeah before. yeah sequoia with a chapui tent on top yeah and then they were they went, they, didn't some, they take that to Alaska or something? I think they might. I thought have. that's what we were I talking about on the show. Were they planning know. on it or something? Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. So, yeah, but, but for me, the RV comes in really handy because you know I work for a track day company now. We do twenty eight weekends a year, so I try and have it at the track as much as possible. And it's nice just to be able to get away and like go sit in the RV in the middle of the day. So nice. How far have you driven it? Um, I picked it up in Austin, Texas. Uh huh. So I brought it. I took it up to Thunder Hill for NS Expo and Integra Type R and Civic Type R Expo, or so just Type R Expo. I was running the classroom there. That's nice too, because the hotel options not much. Yeah, there's not a whole not lot. Not much in Willows, Willows California. Yeah. Although that Walmart comes in really. That Walmart's sweet. Yeah, yeah, dude. They have all the race, like all the duct tape, like lemons. Racing. Everything you need. Yeah, everything you need is there. Yeah. They also have good RV supplies too. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. That makes so, sense. Uh, we took it out to Zion National Park in like oh, the cool. north room of the Grand Canyon this summer. Yeah. yeah. So that was fun. Um, trying to think where else we've taken it that's far. Do you I, have it's a been to Laguna Seca twice? What do you tow? A motorcycle or do you tow a car with it? So we have a done? we have a Speed Ventures work trailer that has to go to a lot of events. Mm -hmm. So I'll usually tow that and I'll throw my supermoto on there. I have oh, a sweet. Yamaha WR250X. Mm -hmm. So I'll just throw that on there and that way I don't have to drive the RV around town once it's already all set up. So it comes in pretty handy. Yeah, that's a killer setup, dude. Yeah. So now you're an RV guy and you're a bike guy. Yeah. Which you're, is actually why I'm here. You're kind of an idea guy. I am an idea guy. But like I'm starting to follow through a little bit more than I used to. <laughs> so this this bike was so the reason I'm here is because I just bought a motorcycle this morning in San yeah. Francisco and I'm riding it back down the coast. Found the bike on Friday on Craigslist and was like, you know, I have this weekend off. Uh I have the money. I'm gonna fly up there and get the thing. So that's where I am now. It's very awesome cabot kind of like style yeah i just want to like something. just the crazy random things I think last whim, time like, last yeah. time i was here was when i was on that five week 8500 mile trip it was summer. yeah yeah so and I, i've just been like chasing that feeling ever since cruised up with your cracked iphone oh yeah dude and look i have a cracked iphone now too oh wow so yeah last time i got run over in the middle of idaho though that's right it still worked fine though. yeah still worked great besides like cutting your fingers when you're yeah. using it so what what kind of bike did you get so i bought a 99 honda vfr 800 which is the V4 motor. 
-hmm. and all the cams, it's all gear driven. So there's no like actual timing belt or timing chain that runs up the motor. It's a gear assembly. So it like makes a real unique, and they're, I think they're straight cut gears too. Wait, not timing. You mean like the drive of the car? Of no, the bike, like right? to drive the cams, the overhead oh, cams. Oh, wow. It's a gear oh, assembly that goes gear. all the way. Whoa. Yeah. So it's it's kind of a unique motor. Oh, wow. Crazy. So, yeah. So pretty pretty interesting stuff. Uh-huh. Um, so it has like a unique whine and like whir to it. Um, but it came with like full Gibby luggage and everything. Same owner for the past 15 years, a little rougher cosmetically than it appeared in pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty nice. Though. Yeah, I feel like you're a little, it was $2,000. I feel like you're a little rough on it. Like it has some scratches, scrapes in the paint. Yeah. Stuff. Well, it's did not... I tell you, did I tell you that I dropped it? Like yeah. within the first like three hours of owning it? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't feel so bad. Now. So yeah, exactly. You felt better. You felt fine doing that yeah. because it has a little. And I think the, the the guy I bought it from was a tall dude, but he had the suspension set on the lowest setting. Mm-hmm. So right now, when the kickstand's down, it's like it's not real stable on the kickstand because oh, it, it okay. doesn't have a whole lot of travel. Mm-hmm. So if I raise it up, it'll put more weight on the kickstand. Gotcha. So do you want to raise it up? Um, maybe it's actually nice and low right you're now. Not I'm, a man I'm short. Of I'm five six. <laughs> yes. I'm five six. But my my Triumph Speed Triple that I have has a 33 inch seat height. This one at its highest setting is 31.7. Oh wow! And it's probably like in the 30, like low 30 range right now. Can you even stand on your Speed Triple and put with your feet down? Uh, I can tiptoe both sides. Most of the time though, it's just like one leg. So oh, so you kind of yeah, lean you, it. you can flat foot it on gotcha, one side. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. So it's a fun bike, but it's it's kind of ruined me for motorcycles because I used to have one of these VFR 800s, and at the time I thought it was the fastest thing ever, and I got uh-huh. on this one today and I was like, is this thing running right? It just yeah. it doesn't have it's like forty almost forty pounds down on torque from where my street triple is, yep. so it just doesn't have the torque, and I kind of miss it already. Yeah. So, but this is a lot more comfortable. Oh, I'm sure it looks super cozy and uh, single-sided rear swing arm, mm-hmm. pretty classy, like very Ducati-esque. Yeah, Radwood, uh, Radwood eligible. Just meets it. Yep, it doesn't look very barely. Radwood, but no, it it's looks definitely very, a Radwood era. It looks like for a bike that's almost 20 years old. It looks now, modern. It looks pretty dang modern, dude. It looks. I think it looks super modern. Like if I saw that bike, I would. I mean, I would. I would think it's a 2009, not a 99. And, yeah, but. Granted, I don't know bikes at all, but just, you know, looking at the styling cues, it doesn't look like an old bike at all. No. So that's crazy. 19 years old. Yeah. It's a 99. They, they released that model in 98 or sorry, as a 98 model year in 1997. Wow. So, so it's, but it's fuel injected and everything. Right? Yeah. It's fuel injected. It's water it's pretty much. And, yeah. It's yeah, water cooled. Yeah. It actually has two radiators, oh. one on each side of the motor because they run mm-hmm. kind of hot. Oh, and those are pretty big radiators. I saw it. Oh yeah. I They're saw gigantic through Look the fairing. This. Get this, there's for the radiator hose kit for it, 13 hoses. Like, and some of them are like small uh, ones, but still, it's a 13 piece radiator hose kit. Hmm. And the Samco one is like $500 if you go like super high class and do the Samco. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's going to be expensive. Dude. But it's one of those things you kind of have to do every few years because you don't want to be stuck on the Yeah. Side he of the actually, road. the guy I bought it from told me that the last time he had it in the shop, they told him he should probably re- replace the radiator hoses soon Oh, because they were starting to get dry rotted. You better do that. Yeah, I'm going to maybe after I put like four or 500 miles on it tomorrow and ride it back to L.A. Yeah. So just tempting fate. Are the hoses, but the, the normal hoses are pretty cheap. Yeah, I think it's like $150 for just the normal kit mm-hmm. made in China. So if I can get another five years out of it, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. I have this crazy idea with this bike, though. I've always wanted to do an Iron Butt Rally, which is a thousand miles in 24 hours. 
And I have this crazy idea to do it once a month in 2019. Because wow. I don't have a whole lot of time for vacation and Fucking, stuff. You're a masochist. It's, it's really not that bad, man. You and Brad are, you and Bradley Brownell are kind of cut from the same cloth. Yeah. From that stupid cloth. Yeah, I make sure my shit runs well first, though. <laughs> he so, says it's fine, dude. Don't yeah, worry no, about it. Yeah, it'll be fine. No worries. Yeah. No worries. That's crazy, though. Like, okay, so if you go a thousand miles in 24 hours, yep. let's say you're awake for 16 hours. Let's say you're riding. How, how long would you ride for? So most people say it can be done if you don't take major breaks in about 16 to, to 18 hours, depending and, on where you're going. And that's just straight riding time. Yeah. 16. And, and what miles, like what's the speed? So you're actually not allowed to break. Well, I, you can break the speed limit, but you have to essentially save all your fuel receipts and show like what time you were at certain places. And you can't vary over like X amount of mile an hour over the speed limit. Because they, they try and promote safety. Wait, who is this? It's the Iron Butt Association, IBA. But you're not going on this with people. You're just like... Yeah, you're just by yourself, and then you like... But you you're submit, following the guidelines. Yeah, you of, submit all of your documents to the association, mm -hmm. and then they send you like a patch or a pin or something. That's the silliest thing ever. So I want, I want 12 of them by the end of next year. That is just silly, dude. But like, honestly, it's really not that hard to do. You could do it in a car once a month. I wouldn't want to. Yeah, but like, what if there was like what a patch? There what if there was a patch or a pin? Would what you want? If, to? What if you got a patch? Like, yeah, yeah, because I always put patches. I always wear patches on my stuff. I mean, I guess if you're you a motorcyclist, new. you wear a jacket. Dude, so we could start. We could start a patch. new varsity club for like automotive guys. Wow. Yeah. You oh, that's kind of like or like a Boy Scouts club. Actually, did you see? Uh, we have those those like forests that Google Works made us these badges for the rally oh yeah that are kind of like you know like that he made them out of aluminum and um they're cast he made a casting oh that's fancy and he melted down like shoot it was like a porsche 996 wheel and, and like recycled it? maybe like a triumph engine block or triumph heads or something a couple other things and he melted it all down and made all these little badges for the that's rally actually kind of cool yeah like the badge is cool but the fact Here, that it's I'm gonna been, grab it the, the fact that it's been melted down from other various car parts that's what makes it really cool it's like the car will live again oh yeah that is super cool there's one right here and then these go on the car right this is like an adhesive for the car yeah, it's just almost like the grill badges that like you'd get for like millimilia yeah so like here's here's one you can hold but um, people have put them on their dashes or the back of their car, you know, like next to the license plate, yeah. something like that. Yeah. So Dude, pretty I cool, would, right? I would put these, I would get four of these and use these as my center caps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can see he made them like the very rough cast and yeah. stuff. They're well, kind of cool. neat. Right? Yeah. No, I like that. Very handmade, hand-hewned. Um, bespoke. Bespoke. Yeah. <laughs> so you have the speed triple now and then yep. you have the... This new bike. The VFR. And that's it? I have a 2013 Thruxton that I paid $1,500 for. Um, that was oh, wrecked. yeah. And then you have the... Oh. And then I have the Supermoto as well. Yeah. No bike. None of my bikes I've spent over $3,300 on, though. Thruxton, that's like the... It's like the classic, the classic cafe racer. Cafe. Yeah. And it was how much? It's $1,500. The fork's bent on it. And is it? Is it not... So it's still bent? You haven't fixed it yet? No. Like, I bought the thing in April... Uh -huh. And I just haven't touched it. Are you going to do like a full cafe racer? Like I wanted to, kind of but thing? I'm kind of, I pulled an art and I'm just kind of losing interest. Uh, yeah. That seems like a fun project though. 
Yeah, I mean, it's not bad, but I could see myself sinking way too much money into it. Gotcha. And it's still not going to ride. Like, I was going to do a Gixxer front fork on it from like a Gixxer 600, 750,000. Yeah. Like, put sport bike suspension on it, but it's still not going to handle like a sport bike. Yeah, of course. So, it looked cool. Yeah. And like, I'd look rad rolling up to Deus. Dude, that's what it's for. It's for going to Deus. Yeah. Art and I tried to go to Deus last time we were in um, Los Angeles. Oh, there's no parking. There's no parking. No parking at all. Unless you're on a motorcycle. You can't park anywhere, so you got to be on a bike. Yeah, or you have to like park down the street and Uber. All the hipsters there. It's crazy, dude. Yeah. That's my that's my place, though. I go Is every it? Wednesday. You go, you go there I go lot? every Wednesday. Why Wednesday? Uh, I'm taking a photography class at Santa Monica College just down the street. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I'm back in college again, man. Got the student ID and everything. It's great. Oh, the yeah. discounts. The discounts around Santa Monica on food. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah. So and like the local photography stores, you get like 5 to 10% off. That's purchase. pretty good. Yeah. I wouldn't think a city like Santa Monica would really feed into that whole student discount thing at stores and stuff like around the city. Yeah, you'd be surprised though. And, and really... I've never been to a community college before. Yeah. But from what I understand, Santa Monica Community College is like pretty much the nicest one in the country. It's like the Ivy League. And when you're there, like colleges. it's nicer than the school I got my undergrad from. Really? Yeah. Huh. And like, I feel like the professors actually care. So it's... Interesting. Yeah. So I might actually go and get an associate's after having a, you know, a bachelor's. I'm going to go yeah, get yeah. an associate's in photography. Huh. It's funny, I guess, growing up here in Santa Cruz, it's um, basically UCSC is looked like people kind of like don't like it because the students have like take a lot of housing yeah. and stuff like that. You know, it's yeah. kind of like it's, and we already have a tourist community with the beach and the boardwalk and everything. So we don't really need the school when the school was built. It was almost like, no, we don't want this school here kind of thing. Yeah. So you go around here, like the, there isn't, there isn't a big like populate. There isn't a lot of stores that give discounts. You don't see that. And then I remember going to school in San Luis Obispo. It's like every place is like advertising student yeah. discounts. Well, that's like discount, that's like a you know? college town. Santa yeah. Cruz isn't really a college town. It but just it happens kinda, to have a college. But it, it has yeah, the vibe. But it, people think of it that aren't from here as a college town. I oh, mean, really? You see, Santa Cruz is a big school. You know, like yeah, that's true. Twenty five thousand people, probably twenty five thousand students or something like that. I mean, yeah, pretty decent sized school. Wonder um, how many of them run podcasts? And it is it. You know what? That's a good question. Yeah. Man. I should go ask. Yeah. Dude, yeah. you could you could be a professor, a podcasting professor at UC Dude. Santa Cruz. That might be where it's at. Yeah, and event, I'm a, and event promotion. Yeah, we're veterans at this point in time. There you go, man. I was um it is kind of a trip like even you've been doing we met you, you had reached out to us like jeez, how long ago? 3 years ago. 3 years ago. A little over 3 years ago now. Like 3 years and like three weeks or something yeah and you had just started your podcast like oh um, like three months before mm -hmm. we had been doing ours for like a year and a half at that point <clears throat> and you were in town for the miata thing at laguna seca mm -hmm. and you had reached out to us like hey i listen to your podcast you know whatever i have this podcast um so we did a podcast together and at that point i feel like there wasn't i mean there was definitely automotive podcast but right. it wasn't like it is now there weren't there weren't a lot of like amateur hobbyist podcasts in the no. automotive area yeah you know it was like driving while awesome was around and the other podcast that i listened to at the time i think was like car cast with adam carolla oh yeah and then like auto blog podcast 
There was the Autoblog podcast that they might still be doing. I don't know. I think they are, but it's definitely like fallen. Yeah. But at the time, everybody besides you guys, everybody that was doing a podcast was either like, you know, somebody was associated with some other automotive brand that was already established. Yeah. Or was just a, you know, a podcast host like Adam Carolla that was also into cars. Yep. So like they were all using essentially their notoriety that they already had yeah. to do a podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, so at the time I, when I was, I used to be in outside sales and was driving like 60,000 miles a year and used to listen to driving well awesome, like religiously. Yeah. Like I looked forward to like every new show. Hell yeah. So it was good. <laughs> it was good. Um, but yeah, it is weird being like in this space where we tell people now we've been podcasting for almost five years now. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you guys were doing it like way before it was like a viable option, you know, a viable way. Like people see it now as like a real viable way of making money, actually. Yeah. Like there's actually like, I mean, not like we're we making, not like, not, the not like we're making money or anything, <laughs> but I'm just saying like there is people that do make money podcasting now. Yeah. Besides like back then it was the Adam Carolla's, the Joe Rogan's like there was a few that made money, you know, Mark Maron, maybe, I don't know if he was around then, but, um, it was now there's a lot of like sponsorship, you know, companies are actually looking at podcasts as a viable way, of, you know, to spread the word for their companies and like right. to spend money. Um, but we started it and we were just like, Oh, this is fun. This Excuse is cool. me, sir. Have you heard the good word of driving while well awesome? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were walking around. <laughs> Do you door have a to moment door. to talk about Excuse driving me. while awesome? Excuse me. <laughs> like that lady tonight, this lady came and passed out this like city council <laughs> thing. And she's like, she like handed Austin at my, we're at my house in Santa Cruz and she hands Austin this like piece of paper. And she's like, this, um, said the, the candidate's name. And he's like, Oh no, Lane, does he live? You know, Does he uh, live here? Does yeah, he live yeah, around yeah. here? I thought she was handing me mail. Yeah. Like, I thought she was like the mailwoman or something. Yeah. So, not the case. Dude. No, definitely not. not the case at all. Um, so, you're over cars. Um, I but... wouldn't say over cars, but my personal interest, I don't want to, I kind of want to say have expanded, but at the same time, like, I feel like that has a negative connotation. Mm -hmm. um, they've just shifted. I have a hard time, like, because, so you're not really when you when you were into cars would you work on them a lot oh yeah you did yeah that's the only way i could afford to have cars was to wrench on them myself because you were a time attack guy yeah yeah doing so a bunch you of ran like stuff, an s2000 stuff. yeah i had an frs two miatas yeah um one of the first or the first car that was had a k motor put in it a k-series motor put in it was my car oh for the k-swap yeah 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 who we had so, on the podcast yeah, with you. That's how we met, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you were a rancher, but you've never been like an aesthetics guy, right? Um, Like, I've always liked the way cars look, and like I thought my wagon looked pretty good. Yeah. And some of the other cars that I've owned in the past, but for the most part, I focus more on, more on performance and handling. Yeah. Um, not even like speed performance, more just handling and braking mm -hmm. um, than actual power. Yeah. And, and you're less into like... I mean, you like the way cars look, but you're, you know, like when you're in these communities, like let's say the Porsche community, which mm -hmm. is like, you know, kind of crazy these days with like Luftgeholt and all that. If you go into this vintage Porsche world, it's like you go to these car shows, it's all to look at these cars, right? So everyone's like R grouping their cars out. Like, you know, I have my car has the little mirrors on it. And I do all this little stuff. Um, you were never that guy. No, like I've always had a respect a, for it. Yeah. And like, that's the way my dad is. My dad's been a hardcore car guy his whole life. Uh -huh. Um, but more from the, 
like the artwork side and like, oh yeah. my gosh, the car's so beautiful. Like, I don't even think he's taken his 911 up to Redline. Like yeah. he has an '84 Carrera. I don't think it's ever been redlined when he's been driving. That's a it. that's a little different thing. Yeah, but, that's but like even, that's extremes, I guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But for me, like we we talked about it at SEMA last year. Mm -hmm. You know, we were talking about driving feel and steering feel. Yeah. And you know, I understand your guys' perspective on like wanting it to feel nice. Yeah. But for me, oh yeah, you said it's yeah. For all me, about... it's always been front end grip. You're like as long as it's gonna stick, I don't care what it feels like. You're like. A straight up numbers like lap time guy. Yeah, just like go for it. You're like fuck Nissan GTR. Sign me up. Uh, not a GTR. GTR is like, I don't know. A GTR little too kind of cheating. Not you doing it. Yeah, like a GTR without any electronics. So maybe. you want to do the work. Yeah. But you want to. Yeah, I, I understand what yeah, you're it's, saying. It's like this weird fine line that I have. Uh -huh. Like I admire fast lap times. But I would rather see somebody build a crazy like Civic or Integra or something that shouldn't go fast and go mm -hmm. beat that GTR. You're an underdog. Yeah, I'm a I'm an ego bruiser is what I yeah. am. I love bruising egos. Mm -hmm. So, which is what my wagon was all about. My yeah. TDI wagon. That thing was awesome. Front wheel drive, diesel. Yeah. yeah. Wagon. Yep. So it has all those things going against it, right? As like a as a fast car, you have like all those are negatives, but. You're go driving to the canyons. Yeah, and, and you could uh, like make people pull over for you. And Same thing with my wife's CX five. Yeah. So, and you're pulling up next behind new nine elevens and making them pull over. The best the best was at night where all they see is headlights and then they pull over and all of a sudden it's like, like Damn. Yeah, something crazy goes by oh, and they're like, What man. the hell was that? Yeah. So and I think part of that comes from you know, like when I was in high school and college, my dad and uncle and grandfather owned a store uh, Deals Gap or Tail yeah. Dragon, uh, which we may have talked about in like previous shows. Yeah, I don't know if we did. I know you've, I mean, I've listened to yeah. you on Slip Angle talk about it. Yeah, so they, they had that and I used to go up there in the summers and like, you know, work the store, would close up at nine and around 10 yeah. o'clock I'd be done with paperwork. And, and you would just run go, like, ride or drive all night. Yeah. And like, and just like really random stuff, whatever I had at the time. You know what I'm hearing though? That you're like, I, I kind of see, I think you're out of cars now because you're not, like you're not racing anymore mm -hmm. you're so you're not able to like do that lap time like kind of win you yeah. like winning basically i was so competitive though i would spend every dollar i had to beat the uh -huh. next guy but there's no way to win driving going for a three-hour drive in the mountains no it's, and it's you more like for the enjoyment but you like winning so that's why you're kind of over cars now i feel it could be it could be in like I don't know. And the, you're not a feel guy. You're not super into like, oh, this car feels so fun. It's like when you just kind of like toss it and stuff, yeah. you're like, well, well, how fast is it? Like, when we were at dinner too, we were talking about for, for me, from all the track experience, yeah, the limit started getting so high in the canyons that it just, it stopped being worth it. Mm -hmm. um, but now on the motorcycles, like I've never done a motorcycle track day, um, but I can ride fairly well. You know, I know I'm not the fastest guy out there. But I still get like a little bit of an adrenaline rush. I still scare myself a little bit sometimes in the canyons. And it reminds me a lot of that enjoyment that I got when I used to drive cars in the canyons before I ever did a track day. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's it's kind of starting over again, but with a different type of motor vehicle. Uh-huh. So I think that might be more what it is. Because I'll, I'll be the guy that I'll go out and I'll just like slay it all day on the motorcycle by myself. If no one's around, I don't care. You know, so it's not like the competition. It's more com like competing against myself. Yeah. So, but with the cars competing against myself, the limits are just too high now. Dude, it seems like a dangerous way to go about driving or riding though. 
Yeah, but at the same time, too, I do. I'm better now at knowing my limits than I used to. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't really. I'll scare myself maybe like once once a month on the motorcycle, and yeah. it's usually like driving too deep into a corner under brakes mm-hmm. um because sometimes i forget that i'm on a motorcycle and not a car yeah you can't just stop yeah you can't, yeah because yeah. you have a lot more front end grip mm-hmm. than a car yeah um but other than that i mean it's that enjoyment's still there um yeah. and like the roads are still the same you're just enjoying them a lot differently and instead of like having a lane well, you have a lane when you're on a motorcycle, but you have you have tons more of more lane, lane to play position. with. Yeah, so you can kind of like drive it more like you would drive a racetrack or something. Yeah, and there's there's something fluid about moving with the vehicle that you're operating. Uh huh. You know, like oh, leaning into a corner and it's hanging all off you, of it. right? Yeah. yeah, on a motorcycle. So it's just it's a little more therapeutic than uh-huh. like getting thrown around in the car. I can feel you on that. Yeah, I think. I mean, but I think that's also why we like a analog yeah little car because it has those kind of attributes right yeah. like even i i drove to pick up brian the other day up in um felton which is up highway nine here which is a really good driving road actually, yeah, i just came down there actually he was in boulder creek so he was like all the first the last town before you know before you're out and uh i went and picked him up and i drove my wife subaru and she has a subaru forester like 2017 and I was driving that thing. I'm like, holy shit, this lane is super narrow. Like I was like, because the car is so and much I was wider, driving right? it and I was going in and turns hot and I'm like having to like, I'm like, oh shoot, I'm like kind of going over the, yeah, the, the line. Yeah, like real compliant, lots yeah. of body roll. Yeah. And I'm going over the, and I'm like, whoa, this car, t-, and the car takes up like the whole lane. And that's not a huge car. But in the 944, you can almost like, you can kind of like play within the lane. You know, you play that game of like, I'm going to apex the turn. Yeah. You're not really, I mean, you're apexing your lane, right? You're, but you're going outside and you're kind of doing late apex and doing all this stuff in the Subaru. You're just trying to get around the turn. Yeah. So you feel like you're taking up like from the, from the mustard to the mayo. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of like what you're talking about with like the motorcycle. You're able to play. I mean, even that much more, I can only imagine. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I'm not going to lie, like getting a knee down on the motorcycle feels yeah. freaking fantastic. I would imagine. It really does. The first time I did it, I thought I was wrecking and like scared the crap out of myself. Yeah. But after that, you get used to it. So motorcycle seems so scary to me. I like I watch those videos in uh, what's the guy's name? Like Art Mickey Mouse or something. Oh, yeah. Our, our Nicky Mouse. Our Nicky yeah, Mouse. Yeah. Mulholland. He yeah. just sits there on Mulholland and like films that one turn yeah and it's like basically police pulling over motorcycles for doing super shit or police just pulling them over and then it's also guys going around the turn and they'll be in a group of like five guys and the one guy it doesn't look like he did anything wrong really middle pack it was just like and the he bike just slides just out yeah. yeah and you're like wait what did he do wrong that's like that's the worst that's one of those weird things because i mean maybe he did maybe he kind of moved a little bit when Mm -hmm. he was or he didn't have his i don't know i mean so the other thing i don't know if you guys have a place like similar to the snake up here but what happens at the snake is you get a bunch of people that have a lot of money to buy the nice things but they lack the skill level needed um and it just so happens that there's always eyes on that corner so Mm -hmm. whenever anything happens it's always like super publicized yeah stuff like that happens like on all the roads around there all yeah. the time and it probably happens around here too you just there's not media you know to where you see it happen yeah we don't you know we don't have as many people here yeah we also don't have that like i feel like there isn't that like go to 
There definitely is. Like the roads you drove today. Yeah, like going up to Alice's. Uh, like Skyline, Skyline Alice's. And, yeah. That's definitely like a go-to for your amateur. Like, I just bought a 458 Ferrari. I want to go on a drive. Let's drive to Alice's. And yeah. they take like, they take one of two roads. They don't go the like gnarly kind of like back roads that we like to do off that because there's only shoots off of yeah. off skyline like tons of them you know and i like um, i died a little inside every time i passed one that looked like it was good when i was on my way down yeah you uh, that's why when you were asking me how to get here it was probably the be- it's definitely the best way and it gives yeah. you the most like it's like the most direct with using all windy roads last but year you could do tons of little last like, year offs. you had me come down like towards the ocean. I so had going, you go through like Pescadero on stage, yeah, yeah. stage roads. Yes, that stage road was really stage cool. roads really yeah. good. I didn't. Pavement was a little sketchy, but what was the pavement on and stage? It's all been redone for the most part, I oh, think. Really? But should have gone that way. No, because last time I drove it, which was a week and a half or a couple weeks ago, it had basically they had laid down all this. Um, all these little rocks. Mm-hmm. So it was like marbles uh, on the whole thing. Cause I think they were in between la- layers. Okay. Or maybe that was the last layer. Then they sweep it off at the end or something. I don't know how it, how that works. Uh, so it was horrible. Whole time I was driving it, it's like, <laughs> and it was super slippery. Yeah. So it'd be off on a motorcycle. I don't know what it is about new pavement. So like the north, the north end of Skyline Drive has uh-huh. been repaved. Uh-huh. It was absolutely beautiful for like a couple miles. Yeah. And then down in LA, Moholland West that dumps out by PCH, like Moholland Highway, it's all been repaved all the way up to Decker Boulevard. Yeah. Literally like nine miles. Fresh pavement, no center line even painted on it right now. And so I went up there last Monday and just ripped it back and forth. And I went up yesterday too. Yeah. Just ripped it back and forth like multiple times and enjoyed it because like there's no bumps in it. Yeah. It's like it's perfect. And it was sticky, that pavement, yeah. the new pavement. Yeah. yeah. Like I was getting knees down and stuff. I, I rode my buddy's brand new Thruxton and like kind of scraped the foot pegs a little bit. It's oh, like shoot. two weeks old. Yeah. But he wanted me to like test it out and tell him what I thought. Tested, so huh? I, yeah. How was it? How it was, was great. Thruxton? It was great. Lots of torque. Lots and lots of torque for a parallel twin. Mm-hmm. So on the new ones, the suspension's way better. Um, the wheelbase is shorter, so it, it actually handles a lot better okay. um, than the old one. So it's it's essentially like a newer, modern sport bike with like classic styling yeah. over the top of it. Doesn't compare it to your like. Speed Triple, right? No, and I let my buddy ride my Speed Triple, uh-huh. and he like came, came back and was like, "Holy shit!" What dude. are the specs on the Speed Triple? It's like 143 horsepower and like 85 foot pounds of torque, and it weighs like 400. And I think mine. After some mods, it weighs like 440 pounds. So that's a naked bike, right? It yeah, no fairing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's got clip-ons on it and a real loud exhaust. Uh-huh. And it's it's got a quick shifter on it, too, to where you don't even have to let off the throttle. You just ah. It has like a yeah, yeah. potentiometer in it. And yeah. as soon as it senses any sort of movement, it'll like cut ignition timing wow. for like uh, 50 milliseconds. That's not the one you took on your trip last no, year? No, I sold that one. Okay. So I sold that one, which was nice. I put like 14,000 miles on it and only like lost $800. And they're pretty reliable? Yeah. Really? I mean, the one, the speed triple that I have has 45,000 miles on it. Huh. So they're just, you know, as long as you take care of them and maintain them. Yeah. Do you, you have to do like going. Um, valve adjustments? Yeah, every, ta- every 12,000 miles, valve adjustments 12, on 000. that. That's my my supermoto, it's every 26,000. Okay. And it's only got like 13,000. I feel like Ducatis are like a lot. So Ducatis are interesting because they have what's called a Desmodetronic, yeah. Desmotronic like valve system. Uh-huh. So there's actually not any like valve springs. It's all yeah. driven mechanically with cams on both sides. Uh-huh. Um, so like the valve kind of sits in the middle and like goes against different cam lobes. Um, so they had to be like super, super 
in you know in tune and you had to make sure you shimmed them because that's right older, you have to shim them and yeah, stuff huh with all the older metallurgy and everything the metal would stretch and fatigue yeah and you had to make sure everything was and are you supposed on. to check that stuff like every five thousand miles Ooh, on those or even more my dad had a 900 ss sp ducati when i was growing up and i think it was every like I want to say it was every like 5,000 miles, maybe yeah. even every 3,000. It might have been miles. three. Because I had a, a lot. Well, I had a coworker with a monster, which mm -hmm. isn't even like, you know, anything special. Yeah. But, but still the same. Dude, it was like, the same. Valve he design. was like, it was, he wrote it a lot. And it was always like, oh, I got to take it into the shop for this like $1,500 service, basically. Yeah. It was not a cheap thing no, to keep running, not. dude. You could like buy, go buy a Honda. Yeah. And you're pretty much just good. Yeah. So and that's the way, like the Honda that I bought, that VFR. Yeah. A lot of guys will rack up like 150, 200,000 miles on those things. So, you know, I'm hoping to do similar, but yeah. we'll see. Well, you already have 100. And how many does it have on it? Oh, that bike? Yeah. That bike only has like 40,000. Oh, and that's super low because that's like a touring bike. Yeah. And, and it's, everything. I mean, it's almost 20 years old. You're talking 2,000 miles a year. It's yeah. Nothing. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I guess for like, but for sport bikes and stuff, 40 is a lot. Yeah, it just depends. Like, there's a girl I know in Ohio that had a 2014 Ducati Panigale 899, and she put, like, almost 90,000 miles on it. Really? Yeah, and then, like, someone pulled out in Dude, front of her, and she wrecked it, she and she just got another one. 90,000 miles? Probably a lot, but it's a labor of love, man. After, I feel like, just like cars, you know, it's kind of, it works on an inverse bell curve, you know, as far as value goes. Yeah. Or at least, like, prestige. You know, when it's, like, new and it doesn't have a lot of miles on it, it's cool. And then in the middle, it kind of, like, tanks. Mm -hmm. And then after a certain point, it starts getting so many miles on it, it's kind of cool again. Yeah, yeah, you know, for sure. I think cars are the same way. Yeah. So, you know, like, finding an E30 that has, like, 300,000 miles on the original motor, or like, a 944 with 300,000 miles on the original motor, it's kind of cool. It's something you advertise at that point. Yeah. You're almost like, yeah, this thing has 300,000 miles yeah. on it. But if you have, like, 160, you're like, yeah, it has hundred. Yeah, you might not 000. even put that in the Craigslist. Ad. No, like, someone asks you how many miles, you're like, yeah. well, it's 160, but, yeah. like, and then if you have 350, you're like, dude, it has 350,000 miles. Old, how awesome The is old that? Volvos are the best about that. I've oh, seen yeah. multiple old Volvos and, for sale. And they, like, get, they give you yeah, basically they get a patch. A they bag. get badges, yeah, yeah. for like every 100,000 miles after yeah. like two or 300,000. It might be over like three. I think it has to be over three okay. or something. Okay. I saw, uh, what was it, a 245 wagon uh -huh. with a manual and everything. It was like a 78 yeah. that had 530,000 miles. Yeah, it was $1,500. It's pretty cool. I kind of wanted to buy it. It was white yeah. on beige. So the 944 Turbo that Brad Brownell just bought... Oh, the Radwood one? The no, the white turbo. Oh. He, he just bought a white turbo. Oh, I didn't know 86, that. 86, I believe. Okay. It has something like, it has 400 plus thousand miles. Really? Yeah. Holy crap. Original motor? Original motor. Wow. Yeah. See, that's impressive. Yeah. That's really impressive. And that's and, something I'm bringing up on a podcast because it's impressive, right? Yeah. And I think the the care and diligence that it takes, not, not saying the car wouldn't do it, mm -hmm. you know, if you didn't take care of it. But it takes a certain kind of person and a certain perseverance to look or after the car. Owners, right? Yeah. People, like, everyone has to, like, keep up on the maintenance and not let it, like, you know, just keep up on it, yeah. right? Basically, Even, right? like, the 40,000 miles on this bike, I showed you the files that I got with it. Yeah. Like, there's, like, you know, probably a hundred different, you know, pieces of paper in yeah. that stack yeah, with all the maintenance it's, records. it's a super clean folder with, like, printed out pieces of paper, like... I mean, that's the guy you want to... That's not like my Yeah, it's receipts, not like a greasy folder. My that, receipts like, are like piles of shit yeah. in a box, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it's like really bad. This guy's... 
like you can he it looks like he did a lot of the maintenance too but he writes it down yeah actually he, he told it. me he main he got it maintained mostly by the same shop in san francisco oh, okay every time uh which was sf moto oh cool so plug there for sf moto i've never been don't even know those guys but yeah might as well yeah why not maybe yeah. they'll maybe they'll send me a free like loaner motorcycle or something uh -huh. to do an iron butt rally on yeah dude so are you gonna do the, you're gonna do the iron butt in on this this new bike again? yeah i want to I want to do, dude. I told my wife I wanted to do one a month, and she got pissed off at me. Yeah, she said it sounds dangerous. Well, also, you're like gone. How many weekends of a year? Well, I do. I could do a midweek. I work from home. Uh, that's true. Yeah, I, I can take off like on a Wednesday night and come back on a Thursday evening. But then you're gone from your wife. That how, like, she'll be at work. It's like one night. All right. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's only a 24 hour yeah. window, huh? Yeah. So and I I do the route to where it like made a full circle. Like I could ride to Phoenix and back oh, and like, like probably a like log a thousand miles. Yeah. You know, or like ride up to Tahoe and back uh -huh. and then I don't know, ride to like Denver and back. That's probably a little over, but like Salt Lake City or a little past Vegas and back. Mm -hmm. you know, go 500 miles and then turn around. Dude, a thousand miles is a long time. Like a, a big I've done distance. it in a car. Like But even times. in a car, it's a like. I did it in a 1.6 Miata. Not really a car. 1.6 Miata top down the whole way. 1.6 Miata. Yeah. yeah I drove from like, Champaign, Illinois to Albuquerque, New Mexico. Half the time you're going backwards. Yeah. Dude, going up some of the, the hills, <laughs> like literally it would decelerate going up the hill. <laughs> like it's in fifth oh, gear I, I and your oh, foot's to the floor. I believe that, yeah. dude. That's like every car I had before like. That's just the way know, things dude. were back then. Yeah, man. like my old Volkswagen Rabbits. I remember like gaining all this momentum to go down this hill in Scott in uh, Watsonville to make it up the hill at the other. It was like this big downhill, then an uphill, and you just floor it all the way down the hill to make it up to the, make it the up. hill, and you'd lose like 15, 20 miles an hour going yeah. up the hill yeah. or more. <laughs> so you'd be going like ninety at the bottom of the hill, and at the top you'd be doing fifty. Man. It's painful. Yeah. It's painful. Yeah. But I, I haven't had a car like that in a long time. Like the 944 is not fast, but but it'll pull itself up a hill. It'll pull up hills, you yeah. know, and it'll gain speed. It's yeah. not like it's losing losing steam or anything like Although, that. Although I will say driving that 16 Miata across the country was a lot of fun. It really was. It had Lotus Elise seats in it, so it kind of sucked. Uh-huh. But like there's something about driving a super simple car, you know, across the country that you know it just seemed really cool and I, I figured it's probably way more reliable than the cars people used to drive down route 66 oh, yeah. in the 50s and 60s i mean that's kind of like a little bit of a motorcycle experience right oh, yeah. being in a super simple miata like that with yeah even with a more stripped out interior and stuff and um th so the one thing i don't understand about motorcycles maybe you can shed some light on it for me it's like everyone always talks about the whole thing with motorcycles is like you know the freedom of the open air Dude, motorcycle guys are so covered up. Like you have a full face helmet, you have leathers, you have boots, you have all it's this not shit to protect you from the air. That's to protect you for when you wreck. No, I understand what it protects you. Not from. if you wreck, when you wreck. And, and yeah, it's inevitable, <laughs> right? But and what I'm saying is, <clears throat> at no point are you in the open air. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's like it's always like yeah, it's like being free. And, so and like I'm, you're way more free in that one six Miata with a top down. Yeah, I mean, what's really interesting though is when you don't have a windshield in front of you, um, you feel like you feel everything, or you feel the temperature change. You know, like even like riding up Skyline. You know, you get to a certain point and like you can 
physically feel the temperature change. Mm-hmm. Or when the wind's blowing, you feel that a lot more because you can feel it pushing one direction yeah. or the other. Or if there's a skunk or anything else, yeah, like yeah. You're, you're really out in the elements. You're, you're way more My favorite, the though, is riding outside of a major urban area at night when you're just under the stars. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. So similar to driving a convertible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but you, you just get all these other sensations that you don't get even when you're driving a convertible. Yes. And just, like, I... You pulled into my house. I heard the motorcycle go up, like, pull up. You weren't in my house for 15 minutes because you had to get all your shit off. Yeah, and I was like, like I said, the side stand's kind of low. Like, the bike is kind of precarious. So I was yeah, a little yeah. worried about it. But no, I only had a jacket and my boots. Uh, okay. That was it. So it's not like I was like changing out of my leathers. I was in yeah. my leathers yesterday, though. I guess I just like have a hard time with like, I, I see these guys up at Alice's and stuff, all these motorcyclists, you know, and they're fucking Harleys and mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, I really don't understand like a trike or, I, or a, I don't or get a car with a, with a, with a, the basket on, you know, the thing on the back they tow yeah. and they have a stereo and all this shit. I'm like, why are you, what, get a fucking car, dude. <laughs> like, like, what are you doing? You know? Yeah. Um, but also you'll be up, you know, you'll be somewhere down South or something. It's a hundred degrees out. And that nothing looks more miserable than having to wear like a full face helmet. Oh, it's rough. Like, but like, when you are, as long as you're, as long as it's not humid out, uh-huh. it's actually not so bad. The worst riding weather is in the south because uh-huh. um, it'll be hot and humid, and you're like, literally, your visor will get fogged up sometimes. Yeah, um, just because it's so hot. So like that's like southeastern U.S., like Atlanta area or Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas is another like horrible area. Sorry if anyone's listening from Houston. I lived in Houston, grew up there, like never going back. It sucks. Um, It's just like urban sprawl and it's super, super humid. Like you would have your sunglasses on top of your head in the air conditioning. You walk outside and put them down on your face and they're completely fogged over. Wow. That's just how humid. But that's where you got to ride um, golf carts to school. No, that was in Atlanta. Oh, okay. Yeah, we had a golf cart parking lot at my high school. Probably the only golf cart parking lot at a high school in the country. That was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. So I talked to this guy. He's like, um, I forget what his job is. He's like, he's a SoCal representative for Haggerty Insurance. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I forget his name now, but he has some really cool cars. I've met him a couple of times. And uh, he bought a golf cart to give his kids rides to school in because I guess there's some law in like suburban areas. You can get them street legal. You can drive a golf cart if it's within one mile of your home. Really? It's like a mileage thing of your home and it's part of like a, it might like it might be part of a clean or something? like a clean air act kind yeah. of thing. Um, it's supposedly like a new thing that kind of went through, and he heard about it, so he bought this golf cart. And his is like, he showed me pictures. It's like super Radwood eighties because he was talking about bringing it to Radwood. Is it a three wheeler? No. Oh, if it's but a three wheeler, like, it'd be perfect. I feel like it has like wood. No, it has this weird wedge front end with the square headlights. Oh, it's probably an easy go, dude. It's got to be an easy go. That was their style back. And in it's the day. like painted, um, like blue metallic or something. It's, it's pretty fancy metallic. Yeah, blue. exactly. Yeah. yeah, but um, that seems like such a rad little little thing. Like, I wonder if I could do that here. You probably could. Just gotta find out, dude. How far are you from the beach? Um, Just cruise that thing down mile, to the way boardwalk. Way less than a mile, dude. It's perfect, dude. You could drive it to the brewery after dinner. Oh, I definitely could do that. Yeah, I mean, no, you don't want to drive it. You want to. You don't want to drive it home from the. Well, brewery. I would have two drinks, dude. Yeah, 
Over I mean, two it depends. Hours. I mean, your daughter is probably almost old enough to operate it. She could just drive you back. Oh, that's true. She's probably almost there. So it, where I grew up outside of Atlanta, you could be 12 and operate it with parental guidance. So I was driving golf carts at age 12. That's so awesome. It's great. Do on the roads? Like, like on golf roads? cart paths. And then if there isn't a golf cart path, then yeah, you have to drive it on the side of the road. That's so cool. Like not the, not a major road. But yeah, not like a highway. Yeah. Wow. So and we, we started kind of like rallying them and jumping them and stuff. Because yeah, yeah. golf carts are like the most dangerous thing ever. Oh, yeah. I heard about some people dying on them before. Yeah, like the you past... Were like, story, actually. Yeah, there were like four... I don't know. For a while, like the previous four deaths at Road Atlanta were all on golf carts. <laughs> so, yeah, Adam Jabay and I found that one. I think most people that have driven a golf cart have at least put a golf cart on its side. Oh, I flipped mine. Yeah. I've definitely, I've done it. Especially and, if you're at the golf course and you're screwing around with your Well, buddies. yeah, that's what oh, I'm yeah. saying, dude. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of that, right? Yeah. So there's always alcohol involved and stuff like that. Not that we condone anything like that. So it's, you know, I, I'm sitting here just thinking about, whoops, drop Fit, We got fidget spinners, spinners dude. Uh, I'm going back thinking about car stuff. And I realized I was into motorcycles before I was ever into cars. I was into Jeeps which aren't really cars and off-roading. Yeah. And then I got into motorcycles and then I got into cars. Well, I remember you telling us, I think you had said when you lived um, at Tail of the Dragon, mm -hmm. you would ride your motorcycle up yeah. and down that too. Yeah. So well, you I were... mean, like even in high school, like I got a motorcycle in high school. My dad was into motorcycles as well as cars. Mm -hmm. And riding motorcycles was something we could kind of do together, but not necessarily have to talk to each other while we were doing, mm -hmm. which is something like every 18-year-old kid, like... They don't mind spending time with their dad because they know it's kind of precious, but at the same time, you don't want to like talk to him because he's going to hassle you about stuff. Yeah, so like yeah, mo yeah. riding motorcycles was great. Yeah. I took my first big motorcycle trip summer after I graduated with my dad. We went 3,500 miles in nine days. Whoa, what kind of bike? Uh, he had a VFR 800, uh -huh. which later became mine. And then I had a Kawasaki Ninja 500. Ninja 500. Yeah, which it's, it sounds sporty. Totally wasn't. Like really? Google Ninja 500, not sporty at all. What year Super is comfy. that? It was a 94. Huh. So, Why isn't it sporty? I thought ninjas. Are I mean, it's all, like, kind of sport sporty, bike. but like I mean, they made Ninja two fifties, right? Yeah, but they're not sporty. Like they actually are pretty comfortable as far as seating ergonomics go. Gotcha. So you're not like it's not like a backbuster. I always thought Kawasaki's were so ugly in like the mid nineties to like mid two thousands. I still kind of think they're kind of ugly. Do they not still? There's look, a they... few like that look okay, but yeah. I'm still like Kawasaki. I'm not a big fan of. I was always a big fan of the. Um, I remember when we were in when I was in college, like. 2000 or whatever uh the suzuki 750 yeah that was like yeah the s that was the jam yeah. and then there was also the tl 1000 back then too mm -hmm. which was kind of cool looking uh side mounted radiators again um yeah like there's just something about motorcycles and i love working on motorcycles more too yeah it's really easy just to like walk around to the other side and like you don't have to lay on your back and like Go up underneath the car. It's all right in front of you. And if you get a lift table, it's yeah. even easier. Well, I grew up like super into bikes. So I was always like into bicycles. Bicycles. Like, yeah, like BMX racing. I was really into BMXing. Yeah. And PK Ripper, bro. I had PK Ripper and all these things. But um, I had elves and all this stuff. Oh, so you but, were into like, you were into like racing, racing. You weren't into like, like um, they weren't freestyle bikes. Like they were like bikes. race, race bikes. Yeah. Because yeah, elf, elf like only made. Yeah. I'd, 
Brace bikes. Um, Elves, PK Rippers. Um, you had your um, answer forks back in the day. Oh, uh, yeah. My, yeah, man. Uh, landing your creepy, gear, creepy my landing gears. Ah. And then I got all into like the dyed uh, aluminum stuff, all mm-hmm. the little, little, and titanium little bits. Yeah. I had but, a titanium bottom bracket on my power light. Oh, nice. Yeah, had, man. Oh, power lights were dope. Yeah. Uh, but then I got it really into mountain biking. And I go to mountain biking probably like five days a week when I was in like sixth grade through like eighth grade. Mm-hmm. I would go. Like literally every day after school, I go mountain biking. Like every weekend, it was like my my jam, right? Because I was into speed. Like I always wanted to drive cars, yeah. and it was you know it was always like the uphill. It wasn't for the exercise or anything like that, but it was always like the uphill for the reward. I of the hated downhill. the uphill, yeah, and it was literally like miserable. But the reward of going down that hill at full speed. Like never slowing down, just going as fast as you can. It's worth it. It was worth it yeah. always. Um, but oh, but I'm getting back to like I would love working on my bike. Like mm-hmm. just like I would love cleaning it after I got it dirty, and then just cleaning. Like I was like a neat freak. I would just clean that bike, I'd turn it over, and just like clean all the little bits, like spray out, you know, like whatever. Um, and then changing parts and doing new components and saving up for a new seat or seat post or whatever I did. Yeah. Um, now what like what made you feel like you had to do that? Because I feel like that's kind of how you treat your cars now too. I'm a little bit like dirtier with them though. I was the guy that would like leave my bicycle dirty. Yeah. And I kind of leave my motorcycles kind of dirty. I mean, I'm It's very similar. I'm definitely dirty with my cars now. I don't clean them at all. But if my 944, if the front end was clean and all that, I think I would be really into keeping it clean. Yeah. GTI is an appliance, so I don't clean it at all. It doesn't matter to me. Um, back then I would have like the GTI would have been sparkling like my car I would I was like your like main prize possession I think it's when you're young like when I first got my first car like I would clean my I would clean it probably every day it's like a status symbol I would clean it every day I kept it so fresh like it would be like perfect I put a little trash can in it I was like such a dork you know make your friends take their shoes off before they get in I would polish it all the time don't eat those fries in here and it was a Volkswagen Rabbit dude it was like (laughs) you know it was an old like kind of shitty car you know yeah like it was my prize possession it kind of teaches you responsibility early on you know yeah exactly and I was all into details pride pride and ownership yeah and I'm a detail guy so I was like I remember like buying a Momo plate frame yeah (laughs) what was was the first sticker you ever put on your rabbit do you remember Oh, it's a good question. I don't remember the first sticker I put on my car. I think I know what it was, dude. I don't. It's a good know. question for everybody out there. It was probably no. I do know. It was a Santa Cruz sticker. Santa Cruz sticker. Santa Cruz skateboards. Okay. 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 You know, just the traditional. Um, it wasn't like the round one, like you see the logo, the dot logo. Yeah. But it was like the script, like of um, Santa, Santa Cruz. Cruz and yeah. I think it was in red okay. on my back window in the middle. Okay. Very cliche of Santa Cruz people to have that, yeah. that sticker. <laughs> but, um, so I had that, but the bike thing, um, it gets me back to motorcycles. Like I always, I always liked motorcycles mm-hmm. too. And like, we had some, like we had an Osa trials bike growing up. Oh really? Uh, 250. Nice. Osa, the, um, I forget the name of the guy. He was a trial rider, but it was that his you know his signature bike it's like ryan young or something nah, some other guy but some it was, guy in kentucky that has it was like white with place. the and it had the shamrock on it mm-hmm. like really cool bike um so we would roll we would drive that around our yard oh yeah my brother like losing control and running into our back fence. then the trials bike still had seats right because like now they don't <laughs> oh this is a seat this is a 70s bike. oh yeah so it had a seat. so yeah it had yeah. a seat yeah and then and it was super torquey 
dude. So it was almost like, it yeah, was like hard for us low. to ride around yeah. the our yard, which was a big yard, but like we had our lot, it was like 50 feet wide by like 150 feet deep, you know, where our, our house growing up. And then we built um, like a little BMX track mm-hmm. in the with a big berm. And then it had a double and uh, we got, I bought like a scooter, a, a, a Yamaha 50. I think it was a spree. Okay. And uh, we would do timed jump. So we would do timed runs from the front, our front yard, down the side, down to the back. You go right, you go around the berm, and then you hit the double mm-hmm. on that thing. On the scooter? On the scooter. Oh, dude. And then you'd come back and we'd, and we'd time each other. And you, it was kind of like playing Mario Kart. Yeah. Or something. You, you'd try and get the fastest time. Yeah. It's like running a time attack. Yeah, we would just in the run yard. time attack in the yard for yeah. like hours at a time on this little scooter. Um, so I was always into that kind of stuff, but I never, I never like bought a street bike or anything like that. But I was getting my point of this whole thing is, I think it would be awesome to like build a bike like your Thruxton mm-hmm. to just you could have it like my house is super small and we have we're in this little podcast room which is like a little shitty side room. You could do all that in this room oh yeah absolutely and it would be really fun and you can do it in the winter and you can do it you can just wake up in the morning in your boxers and yeah. go work on your Dude, stuff you want to like, buy a thruxton it's just sitting collecting dust i don't but <laughs> i could see like part of me kind of does because yeah. i think that would be like i think that i'm a detail guy and i yeah. like little projects like that and i think a bike is so small that every project's a little project essentially yeah. And it just seems that well, seems really fun to build something like that. And but the thing is, I would build it, and I would, probably wouldn't ride it because I'm there's, not. There's tons of people that do that. There's tons of people that are in the process yeah. of building and like liking the way bikes look, mm-hmm. and never really going and like riding them, riding them. And it's completely fine. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing with like with cars. You know, there's those people that like yeah. collect cars and or, don't really use a lot them of the, the classic car people. Yeah. They just drive them to a car show. Yeah. Right? I mean. I could care less if people are using their car or their bike. Like I would like for them to, but I'm not going to hate on them. If if that's how they get their enjoyment, that's fine. You know, for a car, I'm definitely opposite though. Cause I like to do stuff, then take the car out and experience that it feels so much better. Yeah. And then I like to go drive the shit out of it. You know, like, um, anytime I can go drive my car, I'll just go like, I mean, really, I'm not like, like today I went on a drive up highway nine. Um, pulled over in a spot, took a picture, mm-hmm. had a, a troll come out of the bushes and asked me for a ride. Literally the lady like a, just like a legit troll. Like just a a bum. <laughs> this lady. Oh, I'm I'm out I'm in the middle and I'm on highway nine, like the section right here, the twisty you part. You shall not pass. Yeah, you need to pay the <laughs> troll toll. <laughs> uh, and I get out of my car and I'm just like taking a picture of it under this like trestle. And all of a sudden, this lady. Oh, the railroad trestle? Yeah. Over on the left? Yeah. Yeah, dude. That cool little that. section, you saw yeah, that? Yeah. yeah. And it was sketched to get out, by the way. I thought I was going to get like, really? hit by like, a car because I couldn't see anything. Yeah. I had like, a, so, hurts. what I had to do, I had my car running. I ran out into the street, checked no cars are coming, ran back, <laughs> ran back and, and, and got took it. off because I could, you couldn't tell at all. I was like freaked out. That'd be um, a good movie scene <laughs> if like you get out to check and you come back and she's sitting in the passenger oh, seat fuck. ready to go. I was definitely scared. <laughs> and I had all my uh, camera equipment with me and stuff. But I took a couple pictures. All of a sudden, this lady's there. And she's like, you going to town? Can you give me a ride? I'm like, huh? I'm like, no, I'm going to Felton. Like, I totally lied. Um, and she's like, okay. And then all of a sudden, she disappeared. I have no idea where she went. Really? Yeah. That's kind of creepy. Yeah. And there's like nothing. 
there's all this trash there and stuff though like yeah but i don't know yeah i just... noticed like on the back side because you drive under the railroad trestle yeah. and like on the back and there's side, a whole area yeah like... and there's like piles of trash yeah whoa you saw all that yeah huh? it's because i'm in a motorcycle i'm not just like you were I'm able you're to pretty look aware though, to able to take it all stuff, in dude yeah man whoa you must have been behind a car or something at that point yeah because you couldn't <laughs> have been going that fast no you... we're doing like 25 yeah okay that makes yeah. sense you're behind a slow car i mean that's a pretty that's the thing about that section too well like nowhere for anyone to pull over really yeah i mean there's a couple of places i was tempted to go like to go back and take photos because yeah it did look really cool so um i've oh i've never stopped there always wanted to live in santa cruz my whole life you've never stopped there never done it like i told myself like hey next time i'm riding through here i'm stopping i tell there. myself every fucking time never just done gotta it. do it man never, did it today man and check it out so um and there's a troll there one of the issues maybe it's the last issue of triple zero magazine or the one before um it's like photos in front of photos it. In, right there in that area it was uh the canepa it was a yellow 911 r okay and the photos were by zach todd who's okay. the the photographer for canepa a friend of ours um zach todd photography i believe on instagram i can see Check how in the morning or under a thick fog layer that mm -hmm. place is probably awesome Dude, to take photos insane yeah the fog gets so cool there yeah. and then you also get the with with the crazy fog you know you get the lingering fog and then you get the sun shining through the trees and it has those like rays it's it's pretty big you should go back close and look at that yellow canepa car and see if there's a troll in the background Dude, what if she's be. like just hiding like i wanted to look and see if they photoshop out all the trash because there's trash i mean maybe it wasn't all there but yeah there's even a like a straight up santa cruz city like trash can back there really and like people just don't use it uh, maybe it's full that's yeah, true yeah. it's a shame like it's the same thing i was up at twin peaks today uh-huh you know and like the whole like hillside is just like full of, tons junk? of trash yeah it's fucked up dude yeah i just i don't get it you know especially like i expect better of norcal because i feel like there's like dude, a lot of tree huggers here San Francisco's like, pretty trashy these yeah days. i just i feel like it's yeah. i don't know and then santa cruz is just like a breeding ground for like um bum you know like homeless people and stuff like that so i mean we have a like really temper you know the climate's perfect yeah and uh for the most part the city's pretty like accepting yeah like a lot of like pretty lax a lot of like you know soup kitchens a lot of like oh so yeah like you can when i decide here. to live in my rv with yeah. my wife we can just you move guys to Santa can Cruz. camp out there yeah we'll just be right in front of your house the man. gnarly thing i went on a drive the other day like a midweek drive with a bunch of guys um jeff wise uh friend and he drives a 62 lotus super seven yeah, you're uh, telling me about really it. cool car red um he's had it forever but uh he organized this drive i went on and we drove on this road that i don't really go on much it's actually it's outside it's right after um where you were today boulder yeah. creek it's how can, like instead of going nine you go right how can you not go on these roads a lot like for me like when i go up to malibu on mondays yeah i'll like drive roads back and forth like go explore i'll do like 150 miles just in well, malibu i do a lot of like certain sections but i yeah. just don't i don't ever do that section because it takes you to highway 17 it's just like it's one of these sections i just never hit up right yeah. like does I'll that always, mean other like other people don't hit it up though too no, so it's always empty people do hit it up it's actually a common commute road okay for people in the valley going over the hill okay so the people that live in the valley and 
and work in San Jose, like Silicon Valley, yeah. they all go that road. So okay. this is like my mom lives up there and she commutes. She works at Apple and she commutes that road every day. Uh, so it's a well-traveled road. It's a really good road, but you also, it's well-traveled. So you get behind cars a It'd lot. It'd be great if she lived in like a place called Oranges so she could do the Apple to Oranges commute. Oh, that'd be so good, yeah. dude. Yeah. They're so different. I know. It's like so similar. The, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry, shitty joke. First shitty joke of the night. But I was driving on that road and I think I saw, I'm going to say, I'm going to say five abandoned cars. Really? Like, not just like, we're talking like broken windows, graffitied, just on the side of the road. That's kind of sketchy, man. Yeah. And they're just not moved. Like, they've definitely not just been there two days. You know, it's like, like, just abandoned cars everywhere. And the county doesn't go and clean them up? No. Really? It, like, I'm blown away by it. You think, like, all the people that, like, so wealthy, make a decent amount of money and, like, live, in, area, you know, live like, in that area would, like, be demanding yeah. that that gets cleaned up like even up there in the valley like cheapest homes are 600 grand you know yeah so Man. it's pretty crazy yeah that that is really weird and it is kind of like sketch you're like oh that's kind of gnarly dude like i don't know it gives you this like sense of like that it's not safe up there and stuff yeah like the hills maybe, have eyes style yeah maybe it isn't but yeah. uh i mean yeah. there's trolls popping out everywhere man it's true it just looks a little ghetto right it's like being in the yeah it's like it's really ghetto, but um, yeah. I also noticed a house that had two 944s in front of it. So Ooh, that was cool. Should have stopped. I don't in know there. if they ran or not, but hey, they were who, who posted that E30 that's been parked for like five years uh, must, on Instagram yesterday? It looked like it was San Francisco, so I'm guessing. Okay, art. okay. Because I saw that, I was like, "Ooh, that looks kind of cool." Yeah, it was the a IS. 318 yeah. IS, which yeah. is um, which I would almost rather have than a 325. Whoa, people call it the baby M3, I think, or I'd, poor man's M3. I'd still rather have it. There's yeah? something like I don't, I don't know. I know, like, you I like sound like a hypocrite because I like fast motorcycles, but I like cars that don't have a whole lot of power that handle It's well. not like 325s have tons of power. Because it'd be awesome to get in that thing yeah, and go and, like, chase down a guy that can't drive really mm -hmm. well in his new Porsche. Yeah. And he's like, oh, dude, is it a six-cylinder? Nah, bro, it's a four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a big four, but, like, still. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, I I've always liked those, and I feel like they don't have quite the tax that 325 IS does. Yeah, maybe not. They're kind of coming up because I think that they're a one-year-only car. Oh, are they? Is it I just believe 91? it's one-year-only. I think it's 91. 91, yeah. And they only came in two-doors, right? Okay. They're ISs, so yep. it's like two-door and they're all manual transmissions. Okay. So they're pretty like, it's kind of like the sport package. It is. It's a sport package car. Yeah, it's like it's like a 128 It's a no-frills sport yeah. package car. Yeah, it's literally a, a yeah. classic 128i. Yeah. With the M Sport package, it is poor man's M3, right? Yeah, is what they they always call it. So, and I think it had a horsepower bump too. It had like a little better over like, the regular than the early 318s yeah. and stuff. Yeah, so okay. you use like the later motor, kind of like I, I really don't know anything about these, yeah, so but I think it really it's like, got the good looking sport steering wheel. Then it does, and it also one. has the good bumpers. The bumpers yeah, um, so it started with 89. It doesn't have the pop out rear windows though that was ah. 80 that was like pre-89 or something you put those in though you could yeah but yeah those are cool i mean they're super desirable i mean i've definitely come around on them a little more i've always been more of a 325, 325 why would yeah. you buy that when you yeah. can buy that uh but like for the longest time i was i was looking for a 128 im sport uh-huh because i just i wanted like the last naturally aspirated bmw motor yeah i wanted a smaller car that was lighter handled well but that i could still 
buy mods for uh-huh. and do like good suspension on. I think TC Klein did something with like, you know, suspension just specific for the 128s. Oh, okay. And, like you can fit big rubber under it and like yeah. kind of a sleeper. You know? Yeah. And you, you know, I guess the engine's probably a little lighter so you get better weight just to reach Yeah. Them. And like you don't have the high pressure fuel pump to worry about that you do on the 135 ISs. Oh, yeah. That's and a big deal. And the turbos yeah. too. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Now we always recommend the 128s. And like 328s, because those turbo motors are kind of gnarly, dude. Yeah. If you don't have full warranty and stuff, like yeah. if you're replacing two turbos. It's a lot of money. It's like a $5,000 job, right? Yeah. Or more. The sad thing is you could do like aftermarket turbos with a custom manifold and a custom tune. Be Cheaper. Way more horsepower and spend less money. Dude, I should have done that with my TDI, huh? Yeah. Because I went through. Did you screw- do the CR one seventy turbo on it, or did you just do a factory numbers? They were factory. Well, there was the there was the TDI cup version that you could. That buy. had a different turbo. Yeah, it was a CR one seventy turbo. Oh, one hundred seventy were... horsepower from the factory. Oh, I didn't know that. Instead of a hundred and. I saw a TDI cup the other day. They're I totally rare. forgot they existed. Super rare. It was a white one, and the guy was like an older guy. Yeah. He looked like he really loved the car. It was like pride you can tell he had pride in ownership of mm-hmm. that car it was like cherry um but yeah you never see those anymore no you don't like, like you didn't 2010 see... only or something yeah it was like oh like 2010 i think it was maybe two years like 2010 2011 maybe because they were the old front end like mine had. oh yeah so it was 2009 2010 because 2011 2009 when... was the first year of the clean diesel yeah clean quote yeah. unquote yeah 2011 is when we got the like shit made for north america only jetta Yes. Yeah. That was the Mark Six. Oh, the big one. Yeah, it was the Mark Six. It was only for North America, but the golf and everything with still the beam, stayed with the, the beam older. rear axle yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah, and it just feels cheap inside. Yeah. My wife's sister actually had one. Uh-huh. And I drove that before I bought my TDI wagon. And had I not just got a wild hair up my ass to go check out the wagon, I like based on that, the two thousand eleven TDI Jetta, I would have never gone to look at it. Oh wow. It was just crap. Yeah, yeah. It was legit crap. Yeah, I remember when those came out and they were actually really cheap too. Like mm-hmm. they were way they, well, yeah, like, they tried to control They took a cost. price cut yeah. because they took all this stuff out, right? Yeah. So I think they started at like fifteen nine. Yeah, it was real cheap. Like, yeah, for the regular cheap. like S. for the regular yeah, regular Jetta S, Jetta S, Tram, yeah. like yeah, whatever the five cylinder was it still or was it? A, uh, yeah, there was a two point five. It was still yeah, the five 2.5 cylinder. Five motor, cylinder yeah. yeah. So that's such a weird motor too. It sounds really cool with an exhaust. Five cylinders always sound cool. Because for a while, and I still have all of my TDI suspension, like my Jetta wagon suspension. Uh huh. Um, you were looking at M- uh, Mark Fives. Yeah, I was like, looking at five cylinder like. Yeah. Mark's five mark six wagons they put out 170 horsepower stock yeah it's really not that bad and like supposedly it's one of the most reliable motors volkswagen has ever built Mm. um you think about it like it's probably like the pinnacle of engineering for volkswagen automotive group like mainline volkswagen motors it's just super robust um not like yeah not high strung and it didn't have a turbo to go out or anything like that so yeah like i know people turbo them oh really they're like they Dude. sound really cool by themselves. I don't know what they sound like with. A I remember turbo. being on like the Volkswagen forums, like looking like VW for, Vortex. Yeah, like looking for what shocks I could put. I should put on mine and stuff. That's a that's a place I do not recommend going. You know, I feel like any any forum now with affordable level cars. Yeah. Where like any f boy can go and buy a car. Yeah. You know, because there's tons of them for sale, and there's a forum for it. It's just a shit place now. So bad. It really Every, is. All, the comments are always like, it's like, check out this car I got. And all you see is more low. Yeah. You know, M-O-A-R. 
I guess that's internet talk for more. One thing I've always found interesting, I've always thought for any specific chassis, from what I've seen, there's always like a forum specific build. You know, like to where someone goes on and goes, hey, what lowering spring should I get? Oh, yeah. What coilover should I get? Mm -hmm. What exhaust should I get? Yeah. There's always like the one recommended part yeah, yeah, for yeah. all of those that like everybody on the forum recommends. Yeah. And wheels too. Yeah, yeah, and you put all of those together and that's like the forum built car. And yeah. it's like pretty much the standard modification yeah. level. I remember for it was the BRMR wheels for yeah. that car. Yeah, like for the S2000, it's RPF ones. Uh -huh. uh, for a long time, it was Espalier lowering springs. Now it's like Swifts or something else. Yeah. Because um, you can't get Espaliers anymore. It was a Burke 6 three and a half millimeter test pipe can an fipk intake and like that's how you see a majority of them built yeah, yeah and the only problem is like when new products come out people find those old threads and like nobody talks about the new products everybody like it's like a resource yeah you know it's like a 12 year old thread and they're like yeah, oh yeah, yeah can an fipk is the best intake you can get for the car yeah and so there's this like forum mentality where like everybody ends up buying the same thing because everyone's just it's like Everyone's just telling everyone else this old lore. Of yeah, this like nobody, like people mean well by like going and trying to do research. Yeah. But they're just finding all this old information. Mm -hmm. So it just, it makes it kind of interesting. Dude, that's also because they're always yelling at everyone to use the search bar. Yeah, that's true. So you're searching at old, old. Shit it's got the gift like repost, repost. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it just, it's, it's one of those things like, and maybe that's another reason why I'm kind of like gotten out of cars a little bit uh -huh. for a long time. You the know, world. Yeah. And like I sold, I sold S2000 and like M3 parts for a while in Chicago and just like got sick of S2000 owners. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it just, maybe I just can't handle like the new car guys these days. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe that's what it is. And motorcycle guys, I don't feel like I have to talk to them. Yeah. You know? But there's forums for all that stuff too. Yeah. But I don't, I don't go there. You don't do I don't it. go there anymore. Huh. Like all my best motorcycle buds that I've met, I've met just like when I'm out riding solo and they're I think out riding you just, solo too. I think all the, anything that's like brand or model specific, it gets into this whole thing. Oh, dude. Yeah. It's just like, I, I can't go down that. I can't get into that. Right. Like even, you know, you go to all these Porsche only shows and stuff. I just get super tired of that stuff. Like, yeah, it's just a lot of like everyone jerking each other off. And, uh, you know, you go on all these forums, like you'll be like searching two cars and you go, how about this versus this? Of course you go to, you know, it's BMW versus Audi something. Yeah. You go to Audi, it's everyone saying the Audi's better. Believe yeah. me, I've owned both or something. <laughs> and then on the BMW side, it's like the opposite. Yeah. And it's everyone telling the other, the one guy he's an idiot or something. It's just so like, I mean, really that's the way society works these days, no matter what whether it be cars or anything else, like thinking about it. Yeah. You know, like nobody, everybody always only wants to share their side. They don't want to listen to what the other person has to say. They don't mm -hmm. even consider it. And it just gets really annoying. It really yeah. does. That's why I left Facebook for a long time. Ooh, like I wow. just got off Facebook and like even now, like I'm on Facebook, but yeah. it's more just to like be able to like keep up with buds if I mm -hmm. want to. I don't really post. I don't like look at my feed. Yeah. I've never been a big Facebooker, but um, Facebooker, um, I I like Facebook share what? photos from Instagram, from Instagram go yeah. to my Facebook, yeah, um, and then my mom will comment or something like that. But that's like basically what I use Facebook for. And then Instagram is just like all pictures. Like I'm so like yeah, it's just, all that stuff is effed up, dude. Yeah. And I, I don't know, maybe that's why I enjoy motorcycles more is because it's like, 
And maybe it's because I was around cars for so long. Yeah. You know, like being around motorcycles is new and exciting again. Even mm-hmm. though like I've always been into motorcycles, but I'm like taking it more seriously. It might be like the... I don't know. Like, I don't know what it is. And it's... it could be also the crowd you keep too. Like you don't have like a, a group out here that's doing like no. car drives and stuff like that. No. So, you know, a motorcycle is definitely more of a solo thing to do. Yeah. And um, cars are a little bit more of a social social thing i would say and you know the way like this little we have we've kind of made this or you know joined this little community up here where you know like last wednesday i went on this little drive with like 15 guys on a wednesday Mm -hmm. morning and it was super social but fun and everyone's into cars and it was you know all different cars like yeah it was actually mostly so, Nissans and Datsuns. Like, what's weird if I if I'm out riding my motorcycle and I see a car guy or I see a bunch of car guys, I'll go and talk to them and talk to them about their cars. Like, I'm yeah. still interested. Yeah, yeah. You know, at least maybe in the conversation. Yeah. Um. You know, just wanting to know like why they did certain things or like compliment them on things that they've done if it's a really clean car. So it's not like I'm like outright avoiding it. Yeah. But yeah, you're same, not like I hate cars. Yeah. But at the same time, it's not like I'm. Like, ah, what car should I buy next? You know? I don't it's know, more like dude. what stupid $2,000 motorcycle can See, I buy I don't next understand. take home where my I wife I guess you've it. just replaced it with motorcycles. I mean, that's like, that's literally what you did. Yeah. Because like, I'd have a hard time ever imagining a time where I wouldn't like have a lust for cars. Three years ago, it was the same thing for me. Yeah. Well, I'm older than you too, so I don't yeah, think I'm going to lose it. Yeah, I was like 27. Yeah. I'm 38. Like, and I still like, and maybe it's just where I am financially in life right now. Motorcycles just make more sense. Yeah. Because like car parts are expensive. Mm -hmm. Like the wheels that I used to race on are more expensive than the motorcycle I just bought. Yeah. yeah. You know? So just, maybe it just fits in my lifestyle better. Uh And living in LA, like traffic sucks. So motorcycles actually make a decent amount of sense. Yeah. Um, And the weather's pretty good most of the year down there. Yeah. I think... I know for me, like having the podcast and then also doing these rallies has like kept the, like having a fun driving car in my life. Mm -hmm. Like there was definitely a time there. Like I I had a, what I had, I had a 996 and 928, sold the 996, bought a stable, the station wagon, um, still the 928, had that for a while, had my first daughter, sold the 928 had nothing just had a tdi mm-hmm. and i didn't have any fun cars i mean tdi was fun you for like what pining it was. for the next one or you really like, wasn't okay at that, at that point i was totally fine i think that's where i am i was totally fine yeah i was like yeah i always you know i still there was something i wanted but it wasn't it was more money you know i wanted something more expensive yeah but i wasn't i was kind of fine yeah I think that's where I am right now. Like I'm, I feel like an AA member that like hangs out in the bar all the time, but never drinks. Yeah. Like I'm around it all the time and I completely find yeah. being around it. Like, Hey man, give me a whiff, yeah. but I don't, I don't need a sip. Yeah. And I think that's why, you know, when we started the podcast, I think I bought a car, the 944, like a week, you know, right when we started the podcast mm-hmm. and and then going on these rallies and stuff, it keeps it where I, it so, keeps that like alive. I have to get my car ready for a rally. Did the podcast get you back into cars? Do you think if you didn't start the podcast, <laughs> See, I wouldn't would say you I, have been back into cars? I wasn't like fully out though. Yeah, but like. But I was kind of like you are, I guess, because I worked with cars every day. Yeah. And it was like a little burnout in a way. 
and then it got me into the slow analog cars mm-hmm. because I had I had had like 996. I actually sold the 996 because I wanted to buy a 996 Turbo at the time, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I'm gonna get a faster car. Um, and then now I'm like, 996s are too fast, you know. Um, but I wanted a 996 Turbo. And that's why I originally sold the 996. I was like really yearning for a faster car. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was still like, I mean, it's still a really fast car with some mods and stuff, you know. But yeah. back then, this is like 2007, um, 2008. And uh, that was like, you know, that was kind of like top yep. dog. Um, but yeah, I would say the, the podcast and the rallies. And then w- doing Radwood now, I'm almost like, it gets me like off of cars in a way because mm-hmm. we're like busy an event. doing all this yeah. stuff and it's an event and my car is a driver's car. It's like all about driving. Yeah. And especially right now with the front end all fucked up and stuff like that, I'm not bringing it to car shows, but I like to go on rallies with it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's more of a car I drive in the wood in the mountains and stuff like yeah. that. So it's almost like taking it away. But then every time we have a rally, I'm like, Oh, this is, this is awesome. So, um, yeah, but the podcast definitely helped. And it also made our friend, like our little friendship group of us that do the podcast. It brought us all together where it was more like high school when we would hang out and just talk about cars. cars. Yeah. And it got us all re invigorated in cars and then got us this group and it gave us this reason to hang out. So now every time we, you know, we, we want to go on a drive almost like it's like subconsciously, but to talk about what drive you went yeah. on or what you did with your car. You like, Shit, do something. I already have a car podcast. I, I know a car podcast to get back. But that's cars. the thing with your car podcast is a race podcast. Yeah, that's true. So it's, it's almost like totally different. You're not racing. So maybe having, it's almost like maybe that's I should a, start reviewing regular cars. Maybe I should become yeah. an automotive journalist. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's almost like a bad it, it's almost like you're talking about racing and you don't race. Yeah. Not so anymore, you're like, no. fuck, this sucks, dude. Like, I, I don't even have anything. I used to get jealous and now yeah. I don't get jealous. Now I feel like I know the no, drivers so well that I'm, I'm like proud of them. But now you almost don't care. Yeah. Because you're so far removed. I'm so jaded. It's yeah. so jaded now. Man. <laughs> I don't know. No, but, you know, I thought of something a second ago when you're talking about like wanting a slower car. Yeah. And, you know, wanting, you know, not wanting that nine, 996 turbo anymore. Yeah. I feel like at a certain point as a car guy, I feel like almost the next evolution of car guy is to be okay with a lower horsepower car. That's what it is. Like you look at all the track guys. Guys will start off in M3s. Porsches, oh, stuff yeah, like yeah. that, and then they go and buy a Honda they Civic, end up in like Miatas, Civics, yeah. stuff yeah, like yeah. that, because it's it's more fun and it's more yeah. enjoyable. Yeah, you know, I feel like it's that's what my evolution is. Is like I always wanted the faster car. I remember my dad being like, you know, I I I, I love that it, Cabriolet or something. I'd be all Cabriolets are lame. They're like the lame. chassis are flexy and yeah. that, and then but in reality, like who cares, dude? Like I'll take a Targa, dude. I'm gonna, I just wanted the top off and yeah. like, cruise through the woods, you know, like. um you know, we're always about, everyone's about like sunroof delete. So rad as a sunroof delete slick top, you know, sunroofs are rad, bro. Dude. Okay. I'm I love not, having sunroofs. I'm not that into sunroofs, but yeah. then I went on the last NorCal rally and I'm like, oh shit, the top comes out of the 944. I always forget about that. has a huge sunroof. It's yeah. like the whole roof is a sunroof and you take it out of the car. Oh really? It pops up in the back, but you can yeah. also take the whole thing out, put it in the trunk. It's like being at a Targa. I'm like, oh my God, dude, this, this is, is amazing. Yeah. And we're up in the Redwoods. These like the biggest Redwoods in the world. Mm-hmm. And it's like 
Oh man, Sunroof Delete suck, dude. I would I wouldn't want one. Like, I wouldn't want to miss this. Yeah, like why would I not want yeah. this feeling of being out in the open, like you know, having like the smell of all. I this... get it. Like, and it's the same thing. It's the same thing with photography. Like you and I are both into yeah. photography. At a certain part, you don't focus on the gear as much anymore. It's like the end, like enjoyment of it exactly you know and it's the same thing with cars like but for a while it was you're you're but you're, oh yeah you you're get always acquisition you're syndrome. chasing you the dragon care. dude yeah. and that's the thing with speed it's like you're always you're never gonna be the fastest guy you're always or you you could be for a split second there's but always then, gonna be someone fast but you're somewhere. always gonna try to be the fastest right yeah and at a point you have to just be like you know what i want to be happy just like having fun yeah and that's what i think that's what happened to me for a long time i wanted to be the fastest mm -hmm. guy on the track and i think that's the way it happened with me with cars going back to a 944 yeah it's just like all right you know what i drove a brz and i was like this is a really fun car a stock brz yeah i was like this is really cool it reminds me of a 944 i'm like i should buy one of these and as my daily i'm like uh but i gotta pick my kids up and do that they can like, still fit in the back man but then i'm like oh i should just buy a 944 yeah as a second car you know a there cheap car I'm like, oh, okay. So that's why I bought the 944. This one that I have now, um, I had had a bu you know a bunch when I was younger, but um, yeah, you just kind of like, you kind of like don't care about all that stuff. It's not about it's not about being the fastest, being the best. It's just literally about having enjoying. Yeah, it's things when you start the most. when you start doing it for you yeah. more than like doing. It and for same other with photography. It's like, yeah. um. You, dude, you can always chase that. Like, oh, oh yeah. you're like, oh, the 5D Mark III. Oh, now the Mark IV is about to come out. Yeah. Like, oh, I got to get that. Like, and you're still the the 5D is not the top of the line camera. It's yeah. a one X, whatever. And like, and you'll have that. You'll have that 5D Mark IV. You know, and yeah. like, you'll see a photo that somebody took that's beautiful, yeah. and they took it with their iPhone. Exactly. And you're like, oh yeah. shit. Yeah. 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 So it's it's one of those things. Another like ego crusher moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what, and that's the reason I bought this Sony I have now. The original reason was I had this 5D at home, and I have all these killer lenses. I had, like, you know, L glass and mm -hmm. all this stuff. And uh, it was just sitting in my bag because... It wasn't getting used, yeah. It's big. It's cumbersome. Yeah. And... It starts to be a burden. I started, using my, take photos. I started using my iPhone all the time. Yeah. And the iPhone's like, it's fine. It's good. But I'm like, I kind of want more than the iPhone. Um... So I bought this Canon, I mean the Sony, because I can put a 50 mil on it. It's it's way smaller. Mm -hmm. It's not like that cumbersome to pull to grab with me, and I can upload stuff Wi-Fi to my phone. So it totally made me like reinvigorated in photography, but definitely not into like for a while there, I was like listening to photography podcasts about gear, you know, like watching all these reviews yep. and stuff like that. And you, you, you can get, get lost in it, dude. You, you really can. So, and you're like, fuck, can I afford that? Okay. I, I'm going to go buy that lens. Like, I feel like cars can be the same thing. I feel like you can sit around and like watch videos and be on the forums instead of like, like getting yeah. out and driving. It's like, the total syndrome of like Agnes Walker, well, like get out and drive. Yeah. It's like the guys, you know, I want to go to track, but before I do that, I, need coil I have to get coilovers and, tires and I have and to brakes. get new brakes yeah. and I have to get new tires. Yeah. You're like, no, and not really. Just go rent a car and take it to the track. Yeah. Not that I've ever done that before, but sure. yeah, never done that one before. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's always all these excuses, you know, yeah. it's like, whatever, just get out and drive, mate. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Magnus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think that's a podcast. This is a really long one, actually. I might just put this up as a normal show. Oh, God. <clears throat> it's an hour and 30 minutes. Oh, awesome. really? Dang. Yeah, dude. Wow. It went by fast. Yeah. 
Do you want to, uh, is there anything you want to plug? Um, listen to the Slip Angle podcast that I'm on very rarely now. Adam Jabay. Yeah, Adam Jabay and Abram Smucker, the uh, Time Attack director for mm-hmm. Grid Life. Is he a Smucker heir? Uh, I, I don't know. I'm super jelly either way. He's got like oh, a PhD. You're super jelly? Yeah, man. Damn. Dude. No, he's got a PhD and like super great guy. He's done a lot to, to help kind of make sure that the grid life time attack rules stay as consistent as possible and that classing, you know, is very fair. Cool. Um, check out grid life. Um, if you're going to be, I don't know when this is going up, but if you're going to be in Vegas for SEMA, it'll go up, uh, Ooh, it'll go probably Thursday. Maybe, so. yeah. If you yeah. if you're listening to this on Thursday and you're at SEMA, yeah, yeah. Uh, go oh, to yeah. www.grid.life. Mm-hmm. Uh, click a link, I think, on there that says, uh, "What video game or what's it called?" The gamer party. I forget. I should probably isn't it know something that. like that? I should probably know that. I'll get it ironed out by Thursday. But there's there's a SEMA party. Um, but it's at the Luxor. It's, it's at I the believe. Luxor. Thursday night, open it's to like, the public. It's like a gamer thing, right? Yeah, it's, we're a, Forza, be, yeah, it's Forza. a Forza competition. Yeah, um, where we do brackets. But so you guys already have drivers. people that are in. That. Yeah, but people can come and like drink and hang out, yeah. and I'll be announcing. I tried to get them to get me a freaking tuxedo oh, and have the yeah. mic come down from the ceiling. Oh, like that'd a be so good. Match. Are you yeah. ready to? Well, they won't. Yeah, they won't do it though. Oh, so. messed up. So, but I'll be announcing that. Um, if I make it home from my trip up here down the coast on my uh-huh. $2,000 questionable motorcycle, um, yeah, knock on wood. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think that's, that's kind of it for me. Cool. Yeah. This will come up. Yeah, I don't, I don't do a whole Thursday, lot anymore. So. You can follow me on Instagram at Austin Cabot where uh-huh. you can see travel photos and motorcycle photos, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's about it. I cool. appreciate you having me on, man. It was yeah. fun. Thanks for coming on. And then, uh, if anyone is in Vegas for SEMA, and listening to this, we will be there as well. We will be doing, Driving Well Awesome will ha- be doing a live podcast at the MagnaFlow booth on Thursday from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. Uh, so come check us out. Show your support. And um, yeah, check it out. Check out our Patreon page. Um, Patreon.com forward slash Driving Well Awesome. And um, oh, What's coming up? Oh, uh, Radwood, LA, December 2nd, day before my birthday. I still don't um, understand so how you guys got the Peterson, man. We got the Peterson. It's going to be off the heezy for sheezy. I wish I could be there. Dude, I know. You haven't been I know. I, I haven't been able to be a ones. single one. No. Yeah. It, it'll be, it's going to be really fun. And uh, all of us from Driving Wasson will be there. Um, it should be really cool. We have some really cool cars lined up and it'll be a blast. So come hang out with us at the Peterson Museum on December 2nd for Radwood. And uh, yeah, that's the podcast. Later. Bye. running i ran out into the street checked no cars are coming ran back and and took off